0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au speak to you today on vision in difficult times. Uh, most of us would know at least or have heard of the prophet Elijah. Now Elijah is one of the great figures, one of the great men, one of the great leaders in the entire Bible. But we're going to read today about a particularly difficult season in the life of this great man. He's fresh from an incredible victory over a whole system of religious, social and political practices that have been dragging down the nation of Israel. And at the same time, he breaks the drought, the crippling drought that has been just absolutely decimating this entire land, but he finishes all that and then ends it, and as we go to read, we now find him drained, but worst of all, we find him visionless. I'm going to read to you from First Kings chapter 19, verse four. It says, "But he himself, that's Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness." and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord. Take my life for I am no better than my father's. This man has got to the point where he's so drained that he says, there's no point in me going on. Everything's hopeless And his visionless state, he actually desires to have an end to it all. I want you to notice this morning that his visionless state is not the result of failure or some big disappointment in his life. It's not that he stepped out and it didn't work and so now he feels like giving up. It's not that at all. It actually comes after an incredible victory. Today, I'm not just speaking to those of you that might be doing it hard. Maybe you're in the middle of uh, some incredible financial restriction or a business reversal. I'm not just talking to you about that. I'm speaking to those of you for whom maybe right now, this is one of the greatest seasons of your life. Not hard to believe. I meet many people. I've spoken to people in business who say my business is bigger than ever. They've had an incredible lift in this difficult season they're actually flying high. I've spoken to others that have seen incredible reach and influence enlarged in their world. But I want to say this to you, that success and failure are alike in this, that for many people, they are followed by a gigantic stop sign. I'll say it again. Success and failure are alike in this, That for many people, they are followed by a stop sign. Now, those of you that are familiar with this story will remember that after this verse, verse four, where he so wants to give up, uh, you'll remember the conversation that begins to ensue as God comes down to this wonderful man who's just hit like the biggest, well, not a speed bump, it's like he's just gone off the road and absolutely hit a a dry spot there. But after this, God begins to speak to this man and starts revealing to him the things that Elijah can't see in his weakened state. Listen to me, whenever you get to a point of being visionless, you need to come before God again and get a fresh perspective. When he has this conversation in his weakened state, he begins to discover that things actually are not the way they appear to him. That his feelings of abandonment, of rejection by his own people, the thoughts that there's no point and why bother actually have no basis in reality. And he gets a glimpse through a window into a a different picture than the one he's been carrying in his heart, the one he's been meditating on and the voices that have been speaking to him. First Kings 19, verse 18, God says to this man this, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, the false god, over whom uh, his supporters, he got the victory. And every mouth that has not kissed Him or bowed down in devotion. In other words, God says, you say you're alone. You say you're the only one. You feel like there's no support. The reality is you're not only not alone, you were never alone. Not only are you not alone, you were never alone. Come on, folks. Lots of times when we get to either the point after great success, we can feel like, well, where was everybody when I needed them? Or you go through a deep, dark space in your life and it's easy to look around and go, well, where were my friends then? And God says to this man, it wasn't like you thought. But actually, there was 7,000 people that were praying, 7,000 people that were cheering you on. Maybe you didn't know their names or see their faces. I'll never forget, it's about 10 years or so ago that I went through a great trial physically. I'll never forget going to a conference and having person after person come up to me. I'll never forget this one young man who came up and said to me, and I didn't know him, I didn't know his church. He said, in our Bible college, We are praying for you every single morning at chapel. I remember feeling so overwhelmed and touched by the fact that people I did not know, I had no idea, but they were praying every day that God would heal me and restore me, which He did. Can I say to you today, never believe the lie that it's all up to you or that you're all alone. God has a way of getting people that you don't even know about to lift up your hands and uh, be a part of the answer for your life. We won't know the full story of our journey until we get before God and we're around that mighty throne where Jesus sits as King of kings and Lord of lords. And then we'll know, the Bible says, even as we are known. And some of the stories that will come to us and we'll begin to realise that those days we thought we were walking on our own, we weren't walking on our own at all. The victories that we got that we thought were all because of our great gift or our great strength or our effort, we'll look back and discover actually there were 7,000 that were holding up our hands and helping us along the way. But you know, I want you to imagine with me that this is someone you know and that got to that desperate point of giving up, not even just wanting to resign the ministry, but saying, I wish I was dead. God, just kill me and let's end this. And he gets to, that's a desperate, desperate place. And I imagine that most of us would look at someone like that and think, well, their journey's finished. They're washed up. Probably they'll never get up again after that. But here's the bit I really want to talk to you about today is that his visionless moment doesn't disqualify him from his future. 1 Kings 19, let's read verse 15 and 16. It says this, Then the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. And then also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of, who is it now? The son of Nimshi as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Mahola as prophet in your place. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first used to read that, I would think about it as though somehow rather this is kind of like Elijah's swan song. God goes, You're washed up, you're finished you know, on your bike, go do this, it's your last act. Just do me this before you finish. And get out of here and go on. But if you study the scripture You'll realise that he does all of this. He goes and anoints Haziel, king over Syria. He anoints Jehu, king over Israel. He goes and finds Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola. Uh, and he goes and finds him. And the story's ploughing with the yoke of oxen and he throws his garment over him. Elisha goes and slays the oxen, makes an altar out of the plough, builds it as a sign that he's leaving behind his old life. He's going to walk with God. And uh, he does all of that and then begins to serve. We would think that this washed up Elijah is now going to hand the mantle on. Next day, Elisha starts. But that's actually not the way it works. This washed up prophet, this desperate, despairing, depressed person actually has another 13 years of powerful amazing and fruitful ministry. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what difficulty you're in. I don't know whether you're in the middle of a great season or whether you're tiptoeing with trepidation through the next day or two, wondering ah, uh, what lies on the other side. I'm not sure where you are, but I want to say this to you. One tough season is never the end of your vision. When I was praying last night over this message, taking time just to be before God, because to me it's not a, a simply a, you know, a presentation of a speech, it's not a talk. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in this. And I felt so very keenly aware last night that somebody today is a part of this service, listening to this moment. And you're at that same point of absolute despair. You feel like you are completely at the end of your tether, as we say here in Australia. You feel like what on earth this is? It's the end of it. I don't know whether it's your business, whether it's a relationship, a marriage, or whether it's a health thing or whatever, I don't know. But I was very aware there was somebody, I'd love it if at the end of the service, you'd go to that text number and text in a request so we can keep praying with you. Or simply go onto the web and lodge your prayer request there. But one tough season is not the end of your vision. Where we would look at Elijah and go, whatever, that's done. God looks and says, you know what? Not only are you not done, I'm going to make sure that you've got another 13 years. That's a long time. It wasn't a week, it wasn't a month, it wasn't six months and then you're transitioned. 13 more years of fruitful and amazing ministry. But here's the other thing that every one of us needs to keep in mind. I remind myself of this whenever I encounter a problem that's too big for me. That's pretty often. Whenever I encounter an opportunity for which I don't have the resources, be they financial or be they the right people or be they the right timing or or favourable circumstance, I like to remind myself of this truth, that God's vision is always greater than my resources, the time I have available and my best efforts. God's vision is always going to be greater than what I've got around about me. Think about Jesus feeding the 5,000. He says, give them something to eat because the disciples say, it's all over. This is impossible. Jesus said, give them something to eat. And they go, are you kidding? Look how many people there are. And he says, well, what have you got? And they go, well, we haven't got anything except this kid's come up and he's got five loaves and two fish. That's woefully inadequate. I can't tell you the number of times I personally have felt inadequate for the task or I've looked around at what we in Metro Church might have as resource to do it. You know, in our uh, town hall meeting this Thursday night, you can, you're welcome to join us for that. But I'm going to be talking about a brand new uh, feel of opportunity for ministry in one of the most needy parts, not only of Australia, but of the world. That's opening up for us as a church. But we've been on the journey of that for a couple of years because there wasn't any resource for it. And then out of a, I'm not going to say out of nowhere, out of heaven comes the supernatural answer that opens the door. I remind myself that God's vision is always greater than my resources. It's always greater than the time I have available. You know, I, it's not like we're all sitting around going, mm, got nothing to do. Well, what? You know, wish I had, was I'm bored. I don't know about you, but following Jesus was the end of boredom for my life. I don't think I've ever made the statement since I gave my life to Christ. I don't think I've ever said I'm bored. I've never had time to be bored, not just with being busy, but with so many great things that are happening, so much opportunity that's around. And it's always greater than my best efforts. The Apostle Paul certainly understood what this was about. Even the great Apostle Paul who studied at the feet of Gamaliel, the foremost Bible teacher of his day, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, the guy who had the, the birth line of it. He's got the heritage. He's got the training, the experience. And yet in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, he says this. He says to the one with the aroma of death leading to death, the other, the aroma of life leading to life. He's speaking about the call of God and the mission that God gave him. And he ends it by saying this, and who is sufficient for these things? Don't you love that? I love that the Apostle Paul had moments where he goes, God, this is so outside of my expertise. God, this is so beyond my abilities. It's not like he was Superman. There are no supermen or superwomen in the kingdom of God. There's only one king of kings and Lord of Lords, and He is on our side because we've chosen to be on His side. So feeling inadequate doesn't mean you are. Not having enough resources doesn't mean you can't. The demands that swamp your time will never prevent it coming to pass. This man encounters moments of visionless uh, despair that are threatening to swallow up his life. And into that comes the fresh Word of the Lord that says, I've got more for you to do. I believe that many of you today are hearing the Holy Spirit say to you, oh, I'm not just saying this, I believe it absolutely. Many of you are hearing the Holy Spirit saying to you, that's you, that's you. And you look around and go, but God, haven't you seen the mess of my family? God, don't you know my job's in jeopardy? God, how could you ever use me for that? Lord, I've got so many issues of weakness and brokenness and you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, listen to me, in the middle of that, you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, it's you. He's got a great future for you. One last thing I want to say to you today, and that's this. Vision that ends with you is not enough for greatness. And it's not enough for God's glory. The truth is that everything that we embark on will never finish. The chain of the gospel that began with Jesus on the cross was picked up by the disciples and then the 120 in the upper room and the thousands that have come to Christ since. And down through the ages, all the wonderful believers, most of whom their names will remain unknown to us, until we get to stand before God. But every single one of those people have passed on and handed over a torch. Up in my office, well, I collect a few little things to remind me. One of them is a baton. I don't mean the baton with which a conductor conducts. I mean a relay race baton. It's up in my office on the bookcase there. And I keep it there to remind me that somebody ran the race before me and handed it to me. And that my job is one day to hand it to someone else. Matter of fact, my job is to make sure I never run alone. It's a bit like Forrest Gump who started out running and was just Forrest. You'll remember the scene, don't you? Lots of you will in the movie. Well, all of a sudden, there's thousands of people running with Forrest. One person led that. You can be that. You can be the one who starts something great in the workplace or in the home, whatever. Uh, Start something great. Haziel... And Jehu and Elisha were all waiting for the one person who would say, vision, won't end with me. Right across the life of Metro Church, there are so many things that we are doing that will outlast us. Great ministries like Metro Church, Metro Church Online, you know, Red Frogs, a Hope, a great ministry into the needy part of our world. Things like Transform church planting, etc. All those things are about the generations to come. I want to say massive thank you on this journey of whatever, 30-something years, is it, that this church has been going. We've always had a passion for things larger than just our space. It's never been about building just a place called Metro Church. Jesus said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized, they're going to be saved. And we've taken that message of hope, that message of God's great grace, that message of God's incredible love for people all over. And we've seen thousands of people make decisions for Christ and begin the journey of following Him. I thank God not only for the leaders that God raises up, and there's many of them and they're wonderful, But can I tell you genuinely, I thank God for everyone that's the nameless one, but who lent their shoulder to the wheel. The ones that other people won't ever be able to see what they've contributed. I go down to Hope every week, wander through there, and I talk to people like Genevieve and and Vanya and Kevin and the two Sylvias and Yvonne and lots of people. And there's Robert, who's been coming for so long. And people that probably, I'll say those names, and most of you won't even know who they are. And yet they've bent their shoulder to the wheel and they've added their gifts and their resources to say what one person couldn't do on their own. All of us together can make a massive difference. For some of you, you haven't begun the journey of faith. Maybe you've got a heart to see change. My goodness gracious me, does our world need change? i don't forget reading the story of two speakers in Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park in London. I've been there. Seen Speaker's Corner. It's a place where it's become traditional for people to stand up and speak on any subject they choose. And many years ago, there was someone at the height of the the kind of... uh, what would you call infatuation with communism was this brand new thing that would change the world. And up jumped one of the speakers and began to wax eloquently about the virtues of communism and the way that everybody would help. And he pointed to a man who obviously was, you know, we'd say here in Australia on the bones of his backside, his clothing was torn and dirty. And he pointed to that man and he said in a loud voice, Communism will put a new suit on that man. Well, just a little bit beside him was a Christian speaker and the crowd had shifted to hear about this new doctrine of communism. But seizing the moment, he gathered the attention of the crowd again by pointing to exactly the same man. And he said, yes, that's true, but Jesus Christ will put a new man In that suit. I know of nothing else in life. On the side of our building, in massive high letters, is this truth Jesus, the hope of the world. I don't know of anything that is able to change the inside of people like Jesus and his gospel. I don't know of anything I could tell you about. I've seen it so often where people have come in one way and literally have walked out changed. The gospel is not a self-improvement program. It's not a bunch of truths that just kind of follow like the Ten Commandments. It's not that at all. It's receiving Jesus. We sang it this morning. I'm a new creature. I've been born again. You have changed me. It's a beautiful song. But it's not just a nice song. There's a truth in it. And you know how it starts? It starts when you say yes to Jesus. You go, Jeff, can't be that easy. But Elijah's life was changed by one moment where God spoke. Right now, God's speaking to you and saying, come on, that's you. Say your yes. I want to encourage you to do that. Honestly, with all my heart, I I would say, please, would you let Jesus come into your life? Say yes to him. In the privacy of your own world, we've made it so easy here at Metro. All you do is text yes to this number in Australia, 0488 826 392. If you'd prefer to get this help via email uh, or you're outside of Australia, you simply go to yes.metrochurch, M-E-T-R-O-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org, O-R-G dot A-U. Give us your email address, text the yes. We won't ask you for any more details. We're not going to pester you. It's not a recruiting of data thing. It's not about that at all. It's about us and it comes just from us at Metro Church. We will send you every day a scripture and a prayer if it's on one screen of your smartphone. And you'll get that every day for 30 days or whenever you choose to opt out. There are many series after that that'll help you as well if you want them. Hundreds of people have done this. Say yes. 0488 826 392 yes.metrochurch.org.au. I'd love to be praying for you this week as you say your yes to Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that vision's not just for the good times when everything's going well. It's for the difficult times. Matter of fact, Lord, vision's more important when times are challenging. I pray, God, you will... I know you're speaking to lives, saying, come on, you're not finished. Your best days are ahead of you. Lord, I pray the word of the Lord will have great power and impact into every life in Jesus' name. I pray for those people that are saying yes. Pray for those ones, Lord, that are going to go online and just log that in. And they're going to begin a journey with you that'll help them. We thank you for them. Thank you for them being born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, tonight I'm speaking on really part two of this, I guess. Uh, which is called Keeping Vision. Because sometimes you get under pressure, like if Elijah can lose vision, anybody can. So I want to talk to you tonight about how to keep that. We've got some special treats in store as well. It's been great being with you, Metro Church Online. Look forward to seeing some of you next week. I'll see all of you, Metro Church Online. Some of you I'm going to see right here in the building. That'll be pretty cool, even with all the restrictions still in place. Uh, God bless you. Hope you have an amazing week.